morning. Hey, how you doing? Church is going to be a little different from this point on this morning. Our team's going to report on some of the things that we did down in Dominican Republic, and uh, we're going to do a couple of, of the things we did on the streets down there. So uh, to start it off, we have Jessica coming, and she's going to give a testimony about the trip. Hi, thank you. Like you said, my name is Jessica. I was one of the team members who went to the Dominican Republic just a few weeks ago. And when we were prepping for the trip, we learned some songs, we learned puppets, we planned how to um, minister effectively to kids. And one thing that we did not plan for, we did not even think about, was the ministry that was already taking place in the country. The church that we worked with had an amazing team of students from 13 to 20 who were on fire for God and who had the same heart that we had. We wanted to go there and minister, and they wanted to minister in their town as well. So we were able to come and encourage and partner with the local church and with these students who had the same mission that we had just to reach the children in their community. And one of the coolest things about it was one of the youngest teenagers was one of the ones who was leading all the games in the streets. And it was so powerful to see us as adults going down there and then watching a 13-year-old um, kid take over and just being an effective tool that God was using. And another highlight was at the end of the week, we were kind of recapping with ourselves and with the local church. And there was a 13-year-old girl from the local church who was crying and said, this was the most beautiful week of my life. So I wanted to, well, we all want to thank you for supporting us and to send us there so that we could um, effectively encourage the church that was there. It was an awesome time. And now we have the honor to show you one of the songs and dances that we were able to perform for the kids in the streets, as you saw many pictures. And feel free to sing along. They say, Jesus, a lot. So you might want to say that as well. And you'll probably catch on to the dances. So um, come on up, and we will be showing you our dance. A todos los niños que están escuchando, pongan atención porque voy a preguntar algo. A todos los niños que están escuchando, pongan atención porque voy a preguntar algo. Dime quién ama a los niños. Dime quién les da cariño. 
How's it going? Uh, my name is Alex, and I was very thankful to be a part of this mission trip team to the Dominican Republic. Um, personally, this is my fourth mission trip, and it's the second one that I've had the opportunity to go overseas with. Um, so what I just wanted to share for just a, a few minutes this morning is a couple reasons why, just based on my experience, why I think everyone should go on a mission trip. Um, so reason number one is you get to see how God is working in either a different part of the country or a different part of the world. Um, for me, being able to see churches crying out to God and praising him has really left a lasting uh, impression on my life. Um, I've seen and really been challenged by a bunch of churches overseas um, praying for their own nation and praying for their own community um, to be able to know and experience the love of God. Um, and you also get to see and really experience the needs of that country up close and personal. Um, in the DR, we saw some needs that were, were very unique to that, uh, that area. And we also saw needs that were not so unique and that were you know, very similar to a lot of the needs that we experienced at Spring Valley. And so reason number two, um, you'll be able to find out different ways that God can use you to, to minister for him. Um, leading up to the different mission trips that I've been on, I would get nervous that, you know, maybe my skills and abilities wouldn't be able to be used by God for what we were doing and to be able to accomplish the, the purpose of the trip. Um, but every time I've been wrong and I found out that um, if, as long as I'm willing, uh, God can and he will use me to, um, to help minister to others for, for his purpose. Um, in the DR, Pastor Tyler and I found out that we could use our, our mediocre juggling skills to entertain the kids um, before the show started. Um, as you saw in some of the pictures, several of us found out that we could be clowns for Jesus and we could act out uh, different skits and dramas to uh, a Spanish script to, to help the kids learn about Jesus. Um, and even though we didn't speak the same language, we were able to, to show love to the kids in the Dominican Republic just by playing games and, and hanging out even when we didn't have a, a translator nearby. Um, so reason, reason number three is that you'll have a great time. Um, every mission trip I've been on has been filled with a lot of great memories and a lot of laughter. Um, I really enjoyed every day of our mission trip to the DR. I got to hang out with a lot of kids and, and play games with them. I got to meet uh, a lot of great people at the, the local teams and with the local church. I got to um, get to know our team better by hanging out during our downtime, sorry, and, um, and by serving with, with them. Um, I got to know my wife better by seeing her in action ministering to the kids and by serving with her. And so um, even though mission trips do require sacrifice, I would say that the, the sacrifice is well worth it and you'll come back not wishing you had done anything else with your week. And so the, the last reason, number four, is that you'll, you'll get to live out the Great Commission in a, a new and exciting way. So the Great Commission is in Matthew 28. It says, um, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So God is calling us to make disciples in our own community, and he's also calling us to make disciples um, overseas and other nations. So I really believe that 
that God can do a lot with your, your time and your talents um, in a week on a mission trip, and he can really do a lot uh, personally in your own life during that same time. And I'm very thankful to um, have had the opportunity to experience both. Um, so those are just a few reasons why I think everyone should go on a mission trip. Um, the trips I've been on have really made a significant impact in my own life, and I sincerely hope that everyone uh, gets the opportunity to, to go on a mission trip. All right, thank you. And at this time, Tyler's going to come up, Pastor Tyler, and he's going to share a little bit. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, this week, I did learn that 10 worship songs a day is a lot more effective than going to the gym. Sweating, I'll tell you what. We had an amazing trip in the Dominican Republic. And first, I wanted to start off by thanking Spring Valley. I, I wanted to thank you for letting me be part of this amazing team. I was truly blessed. And as a team, we wanted to thank you for your love, your support, and your prayers. Uh, the Lord kept us safe, and we had a fantastic week. And so down in the Dominican Republic, my favorite part was the street outreaches. Even though it was 175 degrees... That's what it felt like, trust me. It looked like we jumped in a pool. But uh, even though it was so hot, I love doing this. And we had the opportunity of going into the streets where there was two kids, and then you turned on music, and then there was 150 kids in this little area. And one of the things we got to do during the street outreaches was the worship. And the song we did for you today, Mi Re Jesus. And that song will always stick with me because there are 100 to 150 kids who don't, a lot of them don't know who Jesus is. And the words in that song are, who is my king? Jesus. Who died for me? Jesus. And these kids are shouting the name of Jesus and praising his name in the streets. And it was, it was an absolute blessing to see over 400 kids this week get saved for the first time. Amen. We saw kids come to know Jesus, and also we, we got to plant many seeds within the community. Churches love and courage that we were there. And so even though we got to bless a lot of people, we were incredibly blessed as a team. And one of the many things I got to do down there is I got to do a short sermon on how Jesus frees us. So I'd like to do that for you here today. Uh, so can my helper come to the front, please? Since no one knows who you are, can you please tell us your name? Joseph. Joseph, nice to meet you. We'll give you a first-time packet on the way out. Uh, Joseph, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. Awesome. I love pizza. All right, Joseph, I have a really hard job for you today. I need you to be my microphone stand, okay? okay. And now listen, I'm a pastor. I like to move, so let's practice. You ready? All right. I'm talking. I'm talking. Great. Let's look over here. Spin move. Wow. He's good. He must be a pastor's kid. So today, I want to talk to you about how Jesus frees us, and I brought a balloon. So I'm now going to blow up my balloon, if that's okay. Can you see? Is there something inside of this? Okay. Inside of this is a silk cloth. It's trapped. It cannot get out. Do you see that? It can't get out. So, you know what? I'm going to help it get out. You ready? Here we go. 
I prepared all morning. Get out! It's still there. You know what? You know what? I have, I have an idea. I'm going to have you help me get it out. Are you ready, Spring Valley? Oh, 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 okay. I know it's early. I know, I know. I'm tired too. Are you ready, Spring Valley? Okay. So on the count of three, as loud as you can, I need you to yell, get out. So if you're above 12, please take two deep breaths, okay? Under 12, one deep breath. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. Okay. One, two, three. Guys, guys, we got to try. Kids, I heard you. Excellent ever. Adults, come on. On the count of three, we got to yell, get out. Are you ready? Uno, dos, tres. It's still there. Do you know this silk cloth is like you and me? Because without Jesus, we are trapped in the balloon of sin. Everyone in the world is trapped because we have all sinned. So the question is, how do we get out? Oh, I thought you knew the answer. How do we get out? Well, God made a way. You see, Jesus died on the cross to set us free from the balloon of sin. So I'm about to do something right now. If you don't like loud noises, please plug your ears, okay? Okay. I'm going to pop the balloon. I'm going to help it get out, okay? Get the, okay? When Jesus sets us free, he takes us in his hand and he holds us and loves us and cares for us. You see, when Jesus sets us free, we are free indeed. Thank you, everyone. Good job, gentlemen. <laughs> so you've got a little taste of what we did on the streets down there, and, and uh, no one was exaggerating. It was incredibly hot. We, uh, we did 16 services in five days. We did uh, three a day, two in the mornings out on the streets. And by the beginning of the first one, we, would, we were all sweat through everything we wore. And then we'd go on and do a second one, and then we'd go have lunch at the church, and then we'd do a VBS at the church in the afternoon. And uh, by the time we got back to the, to the hotel, we were uh, Christians that had a sweet-smelling fragrance about us, um, which, uh, boy, it's a good thing that God invented laundry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, I, first let me just say this. I am so proud of this team. They did such a great job. They were such great representatives of Jesus in this church down in the Dominican Republic. So thank you guys so much, and thank you for providing for us to go. One of our team members is not here today. Ever since she got back from the Dominican Republic, she's been suffering uh, some kind of Dominican Republic thing. And uh, so Allie has been sick this week, and we're really sorry about that. And so she's not with us today. She's at home. And so we're praying for her to recover. Um, God did good things down there. And he does good things 
when, when Christians get together, we partnered with local believers in that church to reach children. The pastor was right by our side every step of the, of, of the day, every step of the way. Uh, he'd be there, we'd be there from sunrise to sundown and beyond. In fact, every night we'd end up at the pastor's house eating dinner. Um, and, and he was so gracious, so gracious to us. It was just a wonderful thing to be working with them. Well, today we're going to go in our Bibles, and I have my Bible on my phone today. Now, moms and dads, uh, I know that we uh, oftentimes read our Bibles on our phones, um, but it's important for moms and dads once in a while to pick up a paper Bible in the home so your kids can see you reading a physical Bible. If you're sitting on your phone reading the Bible, oftentimes kids don't know if you're checking out Facebook or if you're having your Bible study. So it's just a good idea to get a paper Bible. We're going to turn to uh, Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. Now, let me set it up. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He put out his palm and asked for an alm, and this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter took him by the hand. The man came to his feet. And this man who had been sitting by the gate beautiful every day for the last 40 years, do you know what that means? When Jesus was dedicated to the temple, the guy was sitting there. When the boy Jesus, 12 years old, confounded the wise, that guy was sitting by that gate begging for money. Every time Jesus went to the temple with his disciples, that man was sitting there. When he drove the money changers out of the temple, that man was sitting there. Jesus has died. He's risen from the dead. He's ascended into heaven. Now Peter and John are coming to pray in the afternoon, and they see that guy. And they heal him in the name of Jesus. And then you know what happens. The religious leaders can't stand it. Somebody was touched by God, and they weren't involved in it. So they drag the boys in, and they're questioning them. And we get to Acts 4.13. It says this, When they, the religious leaders, saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Lord, help. Thanks. Amen. You know, three years earlier, these guys were fishing. That's what he did for a living. Ordinary guys, ordinary fishermen. And Jesus said, hey guys, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Three years later, ordinary unschooled men are doing fantastic things for God. Why? Because they'd spent time with Jesus. So that's what I want to talk about today, all through this rest of this service, um, for the next 33 minutes and 14 seconds. Ordinary Christians. Three things I want to talk about today, ordinary Christians. We're imperfect, we're interdependent, and we're in touch with Jesus. And if we are imperfect, we realize that, and we become interdependent, we work with one another, and we're in touch with Jesus, we can make a big difference in this ordinary world that we ordinary people live in. In fact, we can do extraordinary things for God when we're in touch with Jesus. So, to get started, and for the kids' sake, I brought with me the Ninja Attack Duck. I keep in this bag a Ninja Attack Duck. Do not be afraid, moms, it's just a duck. Ow! Stop that. Come on. Uh, this is Duckling. 
He's staring at the girls in the front row. Why are you staring at the girls in the front row? They're cute. <laughs> what, about, what about all the rest of the girls? Cute. All right. What about the boys? Cute. <laughs> what about the leadership team here at Spring Valley Community Church? Cute. All right. Good, good. What about Darlene? Really cute. Good answer. What about me? Ugly. Hey, 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 stop that. Not nice to call people ugly, especially at church. I want you to apologize. We can't go on until you apologize. Say you're sorry. You're sorry. <laughs> Do it right. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, Duckley's my little duck, and he's been uh, helping... Why are you shaking your head no? I'm not little. Okay. If you're not little, what are you? Large. <laughs> Duckling, you're little. Large. Duckling. Okay, okay. If you're large, prove it. Look around you. I'm looking. What am I supposed to see? See any other ducks? No, I don't see any other ducks. Largest duck here. <laughs> Well, Duckling, I'm glad you brought this up because in the Bible, Jesus teaches us that little is large. What? <laughs> yeah, little is large to the Lord. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and forbid them not. He takes the little bit that we have, we ordinary Christians, and he, and he, he uh, multiplies it and makes something big out of it. He took a boy's lunch and fed 5,000 people. He, uh, Jesus can just take a little bit and make it large. Wow. Are you going to sing? Yeah. Oh, well, it's not that bad. Have you listened to it? Yeah. Okay, okay, go ahead. All right. Duckling's going to help me with just a little part of a song. Here we go. Ordinary people and little ducks too. God uses ordinary people and little he chooses people just like you and me who are willing to do what he commands. That's what he says to do. He chooses people that will give their all. No matter how small your all may seem to you, little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. That's Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> All right, back in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, what's that? Don't lick your shoes. Oh, <laughs> he told us. Okay, stay. Do you know how hard that is to do with an interpreter? <laughs> we, we ended up at, the missionary would interpret for me, and Alexis, the young man that was leading a lot of the meetings, would interpret for the duck. And the jokes just don't go very far when I say something, she says something, duck says something, he says something. Oh, boy. Ordinary Christians are imperfect. We're flawed. Come on, let's be honest. If any one of us had to prove we were perfect before we were allowed to minister in this church... 
there'd be nobody ministering here. We blow it regularly. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, not even one. We are flawed people. But it's amazing when you look in the pages of Scripture how God uses flawed people, imperfect people. Every kid knows that their parents aren't perfect. Every parent knows that their child isn't perfect. None of us is perfect. Come on. We are imperfect people trusted to reach this world by a perfect God. That's incredible. That's something you should get happy about. Come on. God sees you on your worst day and he still loves you and he still trusts you with ministry. That should be a mind-blowing thing for us. Man, down in Dominican Republic, I would, I would be in, they called it the prayer tunnel. We'd line up face-to-face, workers, just enough room between the two lines for one child to walk through. And the kids would come through at the end of the meeting and everyone would lay hands on them and pray for them. And at the end of the line, they would get a Power Mark gospel track comic book and then they'd also get a piece of candy at the end of the line. And we'd be praying for them. And boy, it was so spiritual and so wonderful. And then we'd get on the van and I'd be mad at Bill. imperfect person it's like how could I be mad at one of my team members five minutes after I've just prayed for 150 kids on a street what's wrong with me guess I'm a normal Christian ordinary Christians we're ordinary Christians and ordinary Christians are imperfect get used to it if you're looking for a church maybe you're a guest today and you're looking for a church where everybody's perfect good luck it's gonna be tough to find on this side of heaven We are imperfect people. Flawed heroes of the Old Testament. I'm going to count to three. On the count of three, I want you to yell out the name of one flawed hero from the Old Testament, okay? You can pick your favorite. Look at Old Testament characters. In fact, anybody you see in the Old Testament that did something great for God was imperfect. So are you ready? You ready to yell a name? Adults, I know the kids are ready. Adults, are you ready? On the count of three, yell out the name of an Old Testament hero that was imperfect. Ready? Uno, dos, tres. I heard David, oh yeah. I heard Moses, Noah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, any one of them. It's crazy, but it's true. God uses imperfect people. Are you thankful for that? That God would use us in our imperfection to touch the world around us? Wow. Wow, you know in the New Testament, Peter wasn't perfect. He is one of those guys that would just speak out without thinking. And then Jesus would correct him and help him to understand. And, and then there's Paul. He wasn't perfect. Saul, Paul took the fall and heard the call, right? And before he heard the call and took that fall, he was beating up Christians, dragging them out of their homes, putting them in jail, killing them. He was standing there when Stephen was stoned to death. Talk about an imperfect person. Talk about an ordinary Christian. When he came to Christ, this ordinary Christian who actually before he was a Christian was not so ordinary because he was doing extraordinarily rotten things to Christians. And yet God used him. More books of the New Testament written by Paul than any any other author. Wow. Wow. If God can use him, he could use me. The sons of thunder, James and John. These guys, they were fishermen. God called them, and now what are they doing? A couple years later, they're walking down the road, and they're saying, you know, we're going to be the greatest. We're going to be sitting on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus when he gets to heaven, boys. 
Oh, come on, guys, come on. Uh, Mother Angelica wrote this, saints are ordinary people who do what they do for the love of Jesus, say what they say, must say without fear, love their neighbor even when they're cursed by him, and live without regret over yesterday or fear of tomorrow. Now, when you go on a missions trip, you're going to see the best and the worst of the people you go with. You're going to see them when they're tired and cranky. You're going to see them when they're awake in the morning and alive and driving you nuts because you're not such a morning person. You know? And, and, and yet we can work together. We can work together. If you're sitting out there today and, and you've been saying, wow, I'd love to go on a missions trip, but I'm just not good enough, I'd say you're absolutely right. You're not good enough. I'm not either. Let's get over it and let's go reach this world for Jesus. Can we do that? Yeah. Because ordinary Christians are imperfect. Kids move into part two, interdependent. It's a big word that just means you depend on other people, interdependent. We work with other people. We serve with other people. We trust other people. We partner with other people. It's already been mentioned here today, there was this great team of children's ministers down there at the church we were at that were already trained and, and excited about reaching their city, and we partnered with them to go out and do those morning meetings and to do the VBS in the afternoon. And, and we sometimes there'd be a couple of our team members and a couple of theirs doing a skit or doing a puppet song, or they would join us in doing those songs like we did down here, down front today. Um, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. He didn't send them out alone, two by two. It's just smart. It's smart business to do that, right? We just send them out two by two. Um, one person wrote, the courage of very ordinary people is what stands between us and the dark. Us and the dark. I want to do a Sam Sane episode for you. Uh, again, this is that part for the kids in all of us. Um, Sam Saint Super Sleuth was created in Family Devotions about 33 years ago. And I've been doing this for, for kids and workers in a lot of places. Um, but I want to do a story. This is actually a true story. This happened in a church in Canal Winchester, Ohio, which is a little suburb of Columbus on the south side, in a church, Faith Assembly of God. It's a true story. Everything in it's true except I wasn't in it. I just wrote myself into it, okay? So here we go. The case of the killer pig. I am Sam Saint, Super Sleuth. And this is my partner, the Holy Spirit. You can't see him, but he's always there. We walk our beat like a half-eaten ham and cheese sandwich that sat on the kitchen counter for five days. The city Royersford, city of peace. When that peace is shattered, that's when we come in. You see, we're peacemakers. Yes, we are. The Peace Patrol. The day was Sunday. I got down to the church early. I was on special assignment as the children's church leader. 
At the My Dog's Bigger Than Your Dog Assembly of God Worship Faith Life and Power Center. That was the church. I helped set things up. I uh, got everything down there. I, you know, I got the pipe and cloth puppet stage set up and the visuals all laid out. And Children's Church was in perfect decency and in order. I was excited about the day we were going to have serving the boys and girls and, and bringing them to Jesus. And, and so I went to the Sunday school class they had and, and relaxed. But that's before I knew about the killer pig. see, one of our workers, Thelma Durak, had a little hog farm outside of town, somewhere near Lebanon. She was supposed to do the Bible story that day, something about deacons and, and, and pigs, or no, 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 demons and pigs, and, and she, uh, she brought in this little piglet, this little Poland China porker. She had a collar on him and a leash and she didn't know what to do with him during that Sunday school hour so she tied the end of that leash to the pipe and cloth puppet stage and went to class. You can guess what happened. Oh class was over, the children were waiting outside the door, I opened it, they streamed in, we put on some music. Kids were finding their seats. I went behind the puppet stage to check on my visuals one time before starting the service and that's when I saw the killer pig. He was sitting there smiling. A puppet arm was hanging from his lips. He was surrounded by shredded foam rubber puppet pieces. Some of my visuals were totally gone. I think that pig knew what I was going to do when I lifted that microphone stand above my head because the pig bolted, pulling down the pipe and cloth puppet stage. I fell to the ground under the rubble of what was once a well-planned service. The pig ran laps around the room, children chasing him, others standing on their chairs, screaming, workers in the back writing out their resignations. There I lay, not knowing what to do, so I prayed. And my partner reminded me, as he often does, see, he brings to remembrance the things you've learned in Bible study and prayer and church, and he reminded me, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Touch not the unclean beast. I had to do something. I stood up. I pulled the puppet stage off. I started chasing that pig. And I was catching up to him, too, when that usher opened the door to see what was going on. Pig ran out the door, down the hall, through an open door, marked choir. You guessed it. That pig ran right through the choir room with me chasing close behind. He ran right out on the platform of the morning service where Pastor guy was doing the morning announcements. We did three laps around the pastor, ran straight down the main aisle. The ushers opened the back door. We were out on the lawn. He stopped. I stepped on it. Oh, the pig didn't get hurt. Later that afternoon in the Myrtle T. Plugmire Memorial Hospital, where I lay with a dislocated shoulder and a broken ankle. Pastor guy looked at me and said, Well, Mr. Saint, what have you got to say for yourself? I just smiled and said, oink. <laughs> Pastor didn't like that joke. Well, you know, time has passed. We've rebuilt the pipe and cloth puppet stage. We purchased new puppets and visuals and well, that pig got a little bigger, so we decided we'd have a missions fundraising breakfast. <laughs>
if you know what I mean. <laughs> I walk with confidence in a strength that's not my own. Holy Spirit, it gives me power because I'm in the peace patrol. Word of God in the Holy Book. The peace of God to guard my soul. I walk victorious because I'm in the peace patrol. I'm Sam Saint, Super Sleuth, and this is my partner, the Holy Spirit. You can't see him, but he's always there. That's why I walk my beat with confidence, and you can too, as you live for him in the Peace Patrol. See you around, sweethearts. So ordinary Christians are interdependent. We, we depend on each other. We trust each other. We work with each other. We partner with each other. Uh, that ball team is not going to win if one person goes out there and tries to do it alone today. Interdependence. They have chosen interdependence to work with each other to try to win. Try being the key word. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Uh, do you know Paul did not go out on his missionary journeys alone? He always took somebody with him. Interdependence. Uh, Stephen Covey says that interdependence is the choice of an independent person. We want to be interdependent. We want to serve one with another. Like, here's what happens. When one falls down, the other picks him up, it says in Ecclesiastes. When one's cold, they can get together and they can be warm, you know? We're here to help each other and to serve each other and to to bless each other and, the, and, and there were days on this trip where somebody would just say a kind word to me and it would just lift me up for the rest of the day that's kind of the way it is uh, Darlene and I are homeless uh, we signed papers sold our town home on Friday afternoon so now we're bumming off other people we're going to move into Marvin and Betty's house today and, and uh, you know it's until our, our new home is ready that's the way it is that's the way it is so, so here we are you know I got a call. We, we got home from the trip Saturday night. Sunday morning, we had an email that said, hey, can you close this Friday instead of next? We were supposed to close next Friday. And I thought, I'm not going to put anything in the way of this person that wants to buy this house. If, if she wants to buy it on Friday this week, we're going to make it happen. But I had no clue what to do. So Sunday morning, as I was walking in here, I texted a bunch of friends. And on Monday morning, five guys with four trucks came, and we got almost everything out of my house. It was awesome. Interdependence. What would we do without the body of Christ? You see, if you're one of those people that just goes to church once in a while or just says, you know, I'm going to see if it's fun today. Church isn't about how fun it is or how great the music is or how great the pastor preaches. It's about the body of Christ working together and supporting one another when we have need. I had a need on Monday morning and five guys stepped up and came to my house and flat out got everything out of there so that we could clean the house and get it ready to have it sold on, on Friday. That's miraculous, the body of Christ in action, when that kind of thing happens. I think I moved this to the wrong place, didn't I? I'm going to put it down that Okay. Um, I thank God for the body of Christ and that interdependence. Okay, last one, we're in touch with Jesus. These guys had been with Jesus. They took note that they were unschooled, ordinary men, but they had been with Jesus. Hey, 
That's us. That's us. We could not have possibly accomplished this missions trip if we had not been with Jesus. We need God. We need Christ. We need the Lord. One of my favorite authors is Henry Nouwen, Henri Nouwen. He says, In our world of loneliness and despair, there's an enormous need for men and women who know the heart of God, a heart that forgives, cares, reaches out, and wants to heal. An enormous need in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, wherever that will be, an enormous need for people who love God, with, that share his heart, that forgives, cares, reaches out, and wants to heal. You know that great commission that Alex read this morning? We call it the Great Commission. Yon, 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 yon. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. <laughs> you should really do it with like a British accent. or Go into all the world with a, and preach the gospel. People think that's a verse for missionaries. Well, it kind of is, but it's a verse for all of us because we're ordinary Christians and we're supposed to make a difference in this world that we live in. That Jesus said that to all of us. Go, go, go. We need to go. Now, if you spend time with God, do you know what happens? You start to think like him. Think about that. Lee Bellotta spends time with Lisa and the more time he spends with Lisa, the more he understands what she's thinking, although he will never quite understand it the rest of his life. But <laughs> the more time you spend with somebody, the more you begin to think like them and to understand their thought process and their passions and their heart. And that happens when we spend time with Jesus. A couple years ago, Pastor Joe sent out an email to the church at New Year's time. And it said, go to this YouTube link called Coffee with God. Do you remember that? I went to that, and it talked about a man who decided he would just have coffee with God. As long as it took to drink a cup of coffee, he would spend that time with God, and it changed his life. And he had a chair that he sat in when he had coffee with God in the morning. And so I put a chair on all my, my desktops, you know, said, where's your chair? Coffee with God. Um, we need to have coffee with God, don't we? You think, I'm an ordinary person, I'm not that great, I make mistakes, I yell at my wife, I, I yell at people during traffic, I, you know, I, I get upset easily, I, you know, all these things. Well, you know what, we're all in that same boat, so what can we do to change? The only thing we can do is spend more time with Jesus, because the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you think like him. I would challenge you, if you're spending time with Jesus, you're going to begin to feel what he feels. You're going to be, be, begin to think what he thinks. You're going, you're going to begin to have the same passions Christ had. That's what happened to Peter and John over three years' time. They'd spent time with Jesus. I mean, even though at times they were afraid, when the Holy Spirit came and they, they went to pray, they did great things for God. And we can too. It's not limited to the pages of Scripture. Greater things will you do because I go to my Father in heaven, Jesus said. So he's going to be with us. He says, Lo, I'm with you even to the end of the checkbook. Lo, I am with you even to the end of the month. Lo, I am with you even to the end of whatever this is your husband made for you for dinner. Lo, I am with you always. Uh, Stanley Grants wrote, The greatest thing anyone can do for God and for man is to pray. It's not the only thing, it is the chief thing. We must be people of prayer. 
We must be people that spend time with Jesus. Do you know when you spend time with Jesus, you begin to have a passion for the neighbors you don't like? Come on, I know, you got neighbors you don't like. <laughs> we just moved out of a neighborhood that we've been in 16 years. And I've really liked a lot of my neighbors. I haven't appreciated some of the dogs in my neighborhood and wish that some of the neighbors would do better with that. But uh, for the most part, I've liked my neighbors. But there are a couple of them that have challenged me. And I prayed, God help me. And I have to say, Jesus, let me see them through your eyes. Through your eyes. Because he sees everybody and loves them. It doesn't matter what you've done or others have done to you, he loves you. Think about that. He loves you. And the people next door, it doesn't matter what they've done or others have done to them, he loves them. He loves each one of us. So, how can we go to a foreign land, Dominican Republic, and preach to 1,387 kids in five days, different kids, see 428 come to Christ for the first time in their lives, and survive? The power of God. Paul said it best in Colossians 1.29, and I'll do the Living Bible version. This is my work. I can do it only because Christ's mighty energy is at work within me. The King James says, His might is energy which worketh mightily in me. The only way we could do this is with the power of God. The only way we can make a difference in this area of Pennsylvania is with the power and the help of Jesus Christ. What if people said about you when you went down to Target out here, what if the person behind the counter said, boy, I don't know what was different about that person. I, I, maybe they were with Jesus. What if people recognized that the difference in these ordinary Christians sitting and standing here today is that we had spent time with Jesus? Wouldn't that be something? What could our church do to impact this area and the world if we spent time with Jesus and we, and we made it known? See, people tried to blame Peter and John for healing the lame man. What power did you do this under? What did you do? How did you do it? And they just turned it to Jesus. Oh, we, we didn't do this. Jesus did this. They'd spent time with Jesus, and we can too. Um, I, on Wednesday night in Dominican Republic, they had asked if I would teach a seminar for children's workers in the country, and they didn't say how many people would come. Uh, but when our team arrived to that church, it was a big church, and it was packed with people, and they were doing worship. And it was one of those rock-the-walls worship things. I mean, people jumping and dancing and shouting and singing and and the place was packed. They told us later there were 45 different churches represented in that meeting. There were all of the Royal Ranger commanders for, for the country of Dominican Republic there, and, and the girls club leaders, and the, and the children's church leaders, and the Sunday school teachers, and the pastors. And here we were in this big room, and, and I had to get up and teach them with an interpreter that I'd never met except during the worship time. That can only be effective if Jesus is behind it. Then I got Pastor Tyler up there and had him do the balloon lesson and poured water on his head in front of everybody and it seemed to work. Um, 
Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Well, we're going to land this thing now. There are some simple action points. Think about what we talked about today. We're imperfect. <laughs> if you live with anybody for any amount of time, whether you're a college student in a dorm room or a husband and wife or just someone sharing a room or you grew up with brothers and sisters, I happen to have four older brothers, two younger brothers, two younger sisters. I'm the middle of nine kids. Um, if you live with anybody for any length of time, you're going to discover they're imperfect, right? And we come into this building and we have church and you know what? Some Sunday, somebody in this room is going to rub you the wrong way. It's bound to happen. We're imperfect. Build a bridge and get over it. And recognize we're all imperfect. Let's just try to do this thing together for Jesus. Ordinary Christians are imperfect. They're interdependent. I can remember at age 14, bailing alfalfa in Nebraska with my brother Dan. Well, Ernie Ishmael driving the tractor and the hay baler, and we're on the flatbed behind it, and we both have allergies to grass. And we're both tired and hot. It's 97 degrees in the shade, and there's bales coming off, and they're heavier than we are. Okay? And we're stacking them, and our eyes are swollen shut because of our allergies, and our nose is running down the front of our shirt. And I can remember there were times when I said, Dan, we just got to keep doing it. And Dan would turn to me and say, come on, Dick, you got to keep doing this. And we just encouraged each other all afternoon in the hot sun until the job was done. And we got to eat Grandma's cooking because that was the only reward we would get for bailing alfalfa all day. But she could cook. See, ordinary people encouraging one another until we get to heaven and eat grandma's cooking. Well, let me say it this way. It's marriage supper of the lamb. That'll be even better than grandma's cooking. We got to be in touch with Jesus. They've been with Jesus. We need to be with Jesus. If we hope to have any impact on this world, whether in this neighborhood, in this state, in this country, or overseas, we need to spend time with Jesus. That's why most of what we did to prepare these guys for the trip was pray. Pray. So what do we need to do? Three simple things, and Pastor Joe's going to come to close things out today. We seek God's forgiveness. Recognize you're imperfect and you need Jesus. That's all it is. That's what I'm doing today. I need God's forgiveness. I need his wisdom. I need his strength every day this week. Next, connect with others in this church. We're excited. God's moving us to a place where we can still have our small group, our connection group. We can still host that in the fall. And we're, we're getting excited about that already. It's going to be good. Connect with somebody in this congregation. We need each other. Darlene's mom and stepdad were not part of a congregation. They like to watch TV preachers. And when her stepdad died... There was nobody there to support her mom. She spent a year and a half before she died with no support, no church, no fellowship. This morning in the car, we were talking about how that must have been lonely for her. When you're part of the body of Christ, you don't ever have to be lonely. Someone's going to be there to pray for you, to help you, to support you, to touch you. So we connect with others, 
And then finally, spend more time with Jesus. Let's spend more time with Jesus this week. Start today. Pastor Joe, come on. I'm thankful for the family of God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you have called us not just to have impact in Montgomery and Chester County, but, Lord, you've called us to the ends of the earth. Lord, give us a passion for the nations. Lord, help us to get over ourselves and our fears and our comfort. Help us to be honest about the things that are standing in the way of us obeying you and following you to the people you have placed in our lives that you want us to reach with the good news that Jesus Christ loves them. Jesus Christ has died for them. Jesus Christ has risen to give them new life. Lord God, we pray today that you would help our hearts and minds to be more honest and less defensive about where we're at. And Lord, I celebrate that you use ordinary people. Lord, help us to not be afraid. We've never been enough, but only in Jesus Christ are we enough. And because we're enough, you can use us. Lord, I thank you for the people on the DR team. I thank you for their hearts and their passion for you. I pray this morning for Allie that you would heal her body. And you would make her well even today. And Lord, I pray for the 428 children who said yes to Jesus. Lord, may you surround them with disciple makers. So that they might follow you until they are with you. And Lord, I thank you for the work you've done. Lord, do more work. Give us more passion and more vision for what you could do among us. Use us, God. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Empower us and send us out. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.